Welcome to the Articulated Meditation Podcast. My name is Douglas Caldwell, and you're listening to a weekly reading of the Meditations of Elizabeth Moreau. Each week, I will share one of the latest meditations written by my good friend Elizabeth. Her prayerful thoughts on various biblical passages provide a clear Christian voice in the midst of a rationalistic, materialistic world where many, and perhaps most Christians, are encouraged to hear only their own voices. For this reason, I believe her voice needs to be heard now more than ever before. Before I begin, let me answer a simple question. Why am I reading Elizabeth's written meditation since they are already available on the Servant's Feast website? That's a fair question, so let me explain. In Matthew chapter 11 and elsewhere in the New Testament, Jesus says, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. He uses this phrase often after delivering the good news of the gospel to the people. Jesus spoke the gospel into existence. He did not write it. In fact, Jesus did not write down a single thought that we are aware of. Instead, he spoke the truth for all to hear. For me, this is especially important since I am a preacher and I rely primarily on the spoken word, my sermons, to convey the gospel. When you hear a sermon, it conveys something more than just content. It delivers intent. There is a richness in hearing the spoken word that goes beyond our brain and, if we allow it, speaks directly to our hearts and to our souls. This is my hope in reading the meditations to you. I want you to hear more than just the content of what Elizabeth has written. I want you to experience the intent, the motivation, the passion behind her words. On a more practical level, this podcast is about me just making it easier for you to take in what Elizabeth has to offer. Now you can listen to a meditation as you go through the many mundane tasks of the day. Having this option should make it easier to take in what Elizabeth has to say. So let's begin. We must choose, September the 22nd, 2020, Matthew 11, 25 through 30. At that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for this way was well-pleasing in your sight. All things have been handed over to me by the Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and anyone whom the Son wills to reveal him. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This is the word of God. Please note, beginning with this meditation, I am going to address different issues around Christianity, the church, and culture. Because of the complexity of the topics, the meditations will be longer, and they will also be more controversial. We are followers of the God that the world crucified, and therefore, truly Christian life and faith will be offensive to some as well. We must choose. Isn't that just the topic of the day? 
Everybody needs to choose who to elect based upon the outcomes one thinks likely given the policies of the party elected. We are asked to choose between Biden and Trump, to choose between Democrat and Republican. None of these, however, is the choice about which I am writing today. Rather, I think the more urgent question for Christians, and here I am speaking to Christians only, because if one is not a Christian, my comments will be meaningless or irrelevant. The urgent question is whether we choose Christianity or the world. This may seem like an obvious no-brainer, but nothing could be further from the truth. The question is perhaps the most important choice contemporary Christians must make. Christianity or the world, what will it be? Most Christians have straddled the fence on this for decades, possibly for centuries. In the last 50 to 60 years, especially, we have witnessed the relentless rise of secularism, which coincides, not surprisingly, with the diminishment of Christianity. Secular means worldly, without religion, and the rejection of the existence of the transcendence. Thus, secularism denies Christianity, Judaism, Islam, and all other religious faiths. What makes this so tragic for Christians is that most of us are not even aware that there is a choice to make. Throughout the church in America today, pretty much in every denomination, we hear secular wisdom dressed up in Christian language, giving us the illusion that Christianity is actually compatible with anti-religious convictions. Unintentionally, by accepting the knowledge and wisdom of our age, we often deny the very faith that we claim to believe. In the weeks ahead, Servants Feast is planning to launch a new website, and the first new feature I hope to offer is a podcast series entitled, You Have Heard It Said, borrowed from Jesus' words in reference to Jewish teaching that everybody knew to be true in his day. The learned authorities of Jesus' time, the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes, ordered nearly every aspect of daily Jewish life with their knowledge and wisdom, but they were wrong. In the same vein, I will take everybody knows topics, especially what our society's learned authorities tell us, and compare that knowledge with biblical and traditional teaching. Although I am aware that some will be offended, a cardinal sin for clergy, My hope is that it will provoke us to think seriously about how much worldly knowledge we accept at face value that, in reality, conflicts deeply with the gospel. How Christian are we? we, Do we really want to be Christian if Christians are going to believe things that conflict with what everybody knows? Secular thought cannot coexist with religious belief because a godless perspective can never lead to God. The idea that God is the product of superstitious minds that lack knowledge of physical phenomena, seasons or weather patterns or disease, or for example, came into vogue with the rise in science and enlightenment philosophy. With all this vast human knowledge, that we are attaining such beliefs as the resurrection of the dead, virgin birth, and the demonic were increasingly pushed to the periphery. Initially, secular culture made space for religious belief by granting that people can believe so long as they keep their religion private and do not foist it upon others. 
This state of affairs is how most of us have lived our entire lives in a secular godless culture with secular godless schools and secular godless values. The thing we have to decide is whether a godless way of thinking is correct or if a Christian way of thinking is correct. Recently, after inquiring into and receiving my response about a profound personal encounter with God, the millennial asked if that were therapeutic for me. Please understand there was no ill will in the question. But there was also simply no frame of reference for a transcendent personal God who breaks through the barriers of our finite existence in order to heal us and in this case to heal me. Such an experience is nonsensical, as in makes no sense to an educated, intelligent young adult in America. Jesus repeatedly told his disciples and the crowds that followed him that this world does not understand truth and does not recognize him. Indeed, in the passage above, Jesus explicitly says that mysteries of God are hidden from the wise and intelligent. Every time somebody tells me, so-and-so intellectual said, I wonder whether so-and-so intellectual knows God. Does that person spend time in the presence of Jesus Christ? If not, then so-and-so intellectual probably does not know everything he or she claims to know. I would never say all worldly knowledge and wisdom are wrong. To the contrary, we know a great deal more than our ancestors. Likewise, our descendants will probably know more about a great deal more than we do, something we all, almost none of us ever considers. But regardless of how vast and multifaceted the breadth of human knowledge is or may become, knowledge apart from God is, at best, partial. And in the realm of ideas, whatever the world dreams up and classifies as wise, almost certainly is not. For any godless explanation of human beings, meaning, purpose, values, or other aspects of our living necessarily is wrong because it does not understand the creature in relationship to its creator. Do we remember the garden in Genesis? What was the allure to rebellion? Was it not all knowledge apart from God? The essence of American education from kindergarten to postgraduate studies is the pursuit and dissemination of knowledge without reference to God at all. So entrenched is this ideology that godlessness even pervaded seminary, the place I first heard anybody explicitly say that no intelligent person in the 20th century could possibly believe in the supernatural or the miraculous. Secularism is the necessary foundation for progressivism, and this is especially what we need to understand. Progressivism begins with the assumption that there is no God and then turns and bows before the intelligentsia of the, of the day. The more educated and intellectual and the more insulated from the practical consequences of an ideological commitment that intellectual is, then the more likely is the intellectual's fame and scholastic adulation. At the same time, the intellectual's ideas are less likely to be correct, much less useful. 
The policies of these superior intellects abound in our culture, subjecting everyone to unprecedented and unproven intellectual flights of fancy. These are the people who have relentlessly hammered home the idea that human beings have progressed far beyond the earliest post-monkey beings and have continued to progress through each succeeding generation until we have reached this glorious stage in which we now find ourselves, which is on the brink of chaos and anarchy. If that's not progress, I don't know what is. We've made it so far from our uncivilized cave-dwelling ancestors who pillaged, burned, and murdered. Oh, wait, my mistake. That was last night's news, not millennia ago, when everybody believed all those silly religious superstitions. For all the advancements of science, medicine, and technology that we enjoy, human beings quite obviously have not advanced at all. The most a Christian can hope for in our political arena today is the freedom to live faithfully in our society. Christians should pray for the country and its leaders, irrespective of who the leader may be. But for the moment, the most that we can hope for in today's political environment is to be allowed to live faithfully as Christians, to worship our God, to bear witness to Jesus Christ without persecution in our society. We make a mistake when we reassure ourselves that the Constitution's Bill of Rights guarantees our freedom to worship. We need only to look at the censorship of free speech, which is also a right granted in the First Amendment. Yet we live in a cancel culture. If someone deems something that we say offensive, we can be assured and, and we can be assured many may think the speaking of Jesus is offensive. If someone does that, you can cease to exist. You can be canceled uh, in social media platforms, search engines, and public videos. More and more frequently, we hear of opinions being suppressed and voices of dissent being labeled as hate speech. The right to free speech was a mainstay and fundamental part of American life. However, today, in line of the identity that identifies the line that identifies hate speech draws increasingly closer to much of what Christians hold to be true and what is biblical. Why would we think the First Amendment would defend Christian worship when it does not defend free speech? Additionally, we are inclined to think that as long as a majority of people adhere to the tenets of free practice of religion and free speech, then all will be fine in the end. We need to look more closely at the French Revolution and the Bolshevik Revolution. In both cases, only a small minority of the intellectual elite were able to swing the populist surge for greater freedom and representation into horrific evils, all while claiming to be for the good of the people. Christians cannot accept the claim that all politicians are the same. Neither can Christians believe any political system will truly make things right. That is not possible. Although our nation's forefathers came closest to the ideal when they provided individuals with the freedom to choose, a freedom we are close to losing. 
Most of all, Christians should never be deluded by the wise and the intelligent in our world today, regardless of how often they tell us that they know best for us, our planet, for our relationships and values, for anything. Knowledge apart from God may well be accurate knowledge, though it often is not, but it certainly is not sufficient knowledge. As the vitriol intensifies and rioting, protesting, and threats increase, the church is largely irrelevant. When is the last time a public figure sought out the opinion of any religious leader? Really, since the death of Billy Graham, do we even have a religious leader who might be considered a national voice? Stop and reread Jesus' words above. The existence of the life-giving, life-changing God may be hidden from the brilliant intellectuals, but it has been revealed to us, the infants, the defenseless. Jesus said, He chose those to whom he would reveal himself, followed by the sentence, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. That applies across the board to all human beings. When we reach the point that the weight of the world bears down on us, bending us ever closer to the ground and suffocating us, we can find rest in Jesus Christ. So can everyone else. As always, Those who are full of the world with all the shiny toys and fleeting fame and fortune are blinded to the riches of life and love that has been poured out upon us. We can pray for others and we should. We can and should be kind, compassionate, and caring. But what we cannot do is trust anyone who does not seek the face of God. Moreover, we need to look at our own lives and our own beliefs and our own values to see whether we ourselves are truly seeking the face of God. There's an awful lot of worldly knowledge moving through our churches these days, and worldly wisdom prevents us from knowing God. You are safe in Christ. He offers rest for your soul and lifts the terrible burden of fixing the world, of making it right, because we cannot. We can only be faithful and obedient as much as we are able. The less we compromise the truth of the gospel with the wisdom and intelligence of the world, the more deeply we can enter into the mysteries of God and find rest and life. This is my prayer for you. In Christ, Elizabeth Moreau. You just heard the latest meditation from Elizabeth Moreau. If you've not already done so, you can find a written version of this meditation in Elizabeth's blog, found on the Servants Feast website, at servantsfeast.org. Please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Podcast, or whatever service you might use. Please rate, review, and share this podcast with others. Be sure to look us up on Facebook and make sure to share this podcast with your friends. And while you're at it, if you appreciate this ministry, please consider making a donation to Servants Feast Christian Ministry through our website. Join us next week as we take another deep dive into the heart and mind 
of Elizabeth Moreau.